Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge, So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses try firstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15 percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs but luckily now there's fiber skincare 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Hey everybody, Jesse Palmer here alongside Lulu. And we're here to tell you that casting is now open for the newest season of The Bachelorette. We're looking for single and eligible men for this upcoming season, and it's super easy to sign up. You can apply yourself, you can nominate a friend, you can even have your dog nominate you as well. Uh, and there's tons of information out there. Just go to bachelornation.com apply for more info. Lulu and I hope to meet you soon. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and by this time next week, we will have dined on night one. We're days out. We are so close to the beginning. We're in, we're still in January 2023. <laughs> yep. But we acknowledge that, but we are also one, two, three days when this comes out from the premiere. That is correct. Of Zach Shalcross's season. Shall he cross paths with his soulmate or shall he cross paths with the machinations of the producers and end up in devastation? No one knows yet. Time will tell. Or shall he cross? I can't do it. (laughs) Shall he produce another shall cross 180 in the fantasy suites where we have uh, some player that he has a a good rapport with goes into the fantasy suites and comes out the next morning like Rachel Reckia not wanting anything to do with him blaming that on some strange thing about their age difference or some other thing. His voice, I thought his voice was going to be much deeper, but then in the fantasy suites, I found out it was not quite as deep as I had preferred. So I can't talk to him anymore. Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I have some thoughts on the booming voice that I'm going to get to at a later time. Will he become best friends with the producers or will he go to Warburton? Oh, wow. That was a big reach. Is that? Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Are you saying keep going? Sure. Let's see how far you can take it. Okay. How many more you got? Is there going to be uh, some tots, some trick-or-treat limo exits? Is it going to give us flashbacks of October? Patrick... Warburton or treat? What? <laughs> You're losing <laughs> I was me now. To do a Patrick one. <laughs> oh my god! Well, certainly we're going to be seeing Warburton at least in the the familial round in the finals, I would assume. But we will see if Zach Sharkers can pull this off. Now we know also just from the promos that have come out, from everything DLP is saying, that this is a throwback. That this is really about the love story. A little bit less drama is what he has come out and said. I don't know what that means exactly. But it does seem like they are going to dial the uh, slider back a little bit on the punishment for these players. That's what it seems like. I don't know if that's true. That's what it Mm -hmm. seems like. But we will see. Very shortly, we will see. Yeah, they brought back Golden Boy. We didn't see Sean Lowe scrub Clayton at all. Uh, Shawcross is getting a golden anointing from Lowe himself, which does mean the producers at least want us to think this is sincere, this is all good, and uh, we should want Zach Shawcross to be happy even though we know nothing about him other than the booming voice 
and the famous uncle. Mm-hmm. And that he looked at planes as a child taken off landing. Indeed. But uh, we got a big twibbing for you today. Other than these Shawcross puns and these Warburton puns, we are going to be delivering yes. you uh, all the news that's fit to print, some of those parasocial plays, some screams, all the stuff that you know and love in This Week in Bachelor Nation. But we must also say, right up top, I have penned an article, 4,000 words long, roughly, that is at gameofroses.co right now. And it's basically my understanding of how we all got to this point right now, right before season 27, everything that's led up to it over the past really seven years since Bachelor season 18 with Juan Pablo Galavis, the first villain Bachelor, and how that event led us on a path that brought us here where we have just come out of two years of some of the hardest franchise shows to watch that have ever existed. And hopefully we're Mm -hmm. turning a corner. But I really tried my best in this article to encapsulate what I think a lot of us are feeling in the nation right now as we go into this season 27 with a little bit of hopeful optimism, but only a little bit. So please go check that out. I think all of our brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ are going to love this article. Yeah, if you haven't read it already, uh, give it a read. Send it around to some friends, perhaps. It's beautiful. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's poetic. I do my best. I am a poet, if nothing else. Just like, who was the guy that was a spoken word poet? Do you remember that a couple seasons ago in Bachelorette? (laughs) No, I don't remember. Was it a Canadian? I don't know. I feel like it was someone with a beard. Yeah, it probably was a bearded spoken word poet. That makes sense. At any rate, we are now proud to present to you this week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to start it as we always do with Game Game of Roses. Roses. State of the game. Something has happened. (laughs) Indeed. I think you might feel there's a giddy energy in the podcast today. Clues, there's electricity in the air. And it's not just because Zach Shawcross's season is about to start. But a bit of news has come out that we felt was so noteworthy that it deserved its own state of the game. It has to do with what we have always called the gorification of our beloved game. We have now, I believe, fully gorified the game. We've talked a lot about mm-hmm. our lexicon being absorbed by players. Tyler Cameron using the phrase Huju, DLP using the phrase Huju, Ashley Iaconetti <laughs> misusing the phrase Persand, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We have talked about uh, various players that have been coached, various uh, other players who listen to our podcast and have made mention of that in their TikToks or Instagram stories, et cetera, et cetera. We've talked about all this, but what we're about to talk about now is... I mean, easily the next level, perhaps the highest level of glorification. I think there's one more level. That exists. What Really? What do you think that is? You and me are hosting it? <laughs> well, we don't know. We've, we haven't gotten to it. But basically, the next level is that we don't know whether this news item is going to be in the show. Right now, reporting is being issued to the nation by Reality Steve that a player in upcoming season 27 is seen reading a copy of How to Win the Bachelor. Now, we don't know if this means seen by other players, seen by producers, seen in the document reading it. I can't imagine that that's going to be the case. I can't imagine it's in the document. That's that's why I'm like, I think there is one more level, but this is definitely the highest level. 
So a lot of people have DM'd us this stuff. Thank you for those who said it was spoilers. Uh, we had Dark Seeker give us this redacted version. But basically, we don't know much. We know that a player is seen reading it. We don't know what will happen, if that is part of a drama that's used in season, if it's going to be cut. I... <laughs> My assumption is it will be completely cut. But if this reporting is accurate, and we believe it is, Reality Steve, at this point, these kind of spoilers that he puts out are usually pretty accurate. Um, I'm just very curious to see how far this player goes. I would assume very far if she's using the information in the book. (laughs) But we now have a moment that is transpiring in our game, or has already transpired. This has already been shot, obviously. We're now waiting to see what airs and how it will be presented, if it will at all. Mm -hmm. But we now have a moment that has come to pass in which a player in an active season is using the techniques that we... Not only using the techniques that we outlined, literally reading the manual we wrote in the course of shooting of a season. But we're going to find out, I think, again. I can't imagine that we see this on the screen. I don't think the producers would do that. I know, but think of what a great plot that would be. But then it's it requires too much. Like I know they don't want to they don't want to advertise the book. So I imagine that this will be completely cut, but think about what an exciting like plot point that would be in a season. Totally, because it's not like with the Ryan Fox folders. This is the guy on Michelle Young's season who was caught on night 1 with folders about, you know, his strategies or whatever and, and how he thought the season was going to go. That's like some thing that he made himself. That document he created himself and brought in with him. This is a published book that somebody is reading over the course of the season. I think there's like there's too much explanation if they were to keep it as part of the plot. There's too much uh, like weird explanation that would have to be done if they didn't say what the name of the book was. They'd have to be like, oh, it was a book that tells you how to win it like a game, but... I could see them being like a bachelor strategy guide or like a social media influencer manual. (laughs) But then the next question, like if I'm watching that, if I'm the fourth audience watching this unfold in the show and like somebody in an ITM is just like, oh, she was reading a bachelor strategy guide. I'd be like, what? What the fuck is that? Does that exist? Where is that? What is it? Immediately. There's only one. Yeah. And so then I think even by virtue of just curiosity, there would be outlets that report on what it is and what the title of it is and all this kind of stuff which I don't think the producers want to do. I don't think they want to give us free advertising of any kind. Yeah, that's why I assume this will be cut out. But even if it is, this is truly glorification. I I don't even know. The things that are happening now that have resulted from us being the pit are so mind-blowing to me that I can't even process them as like real things. I, I agree with you. I thought that there's a very strong chance that the publication of that book would result in all incoming players or most incoming players, at least reading it, at least being aware of it. Yeah. To have this happen, somebody sees a player reading it as they're shooting. That is beyond my wildest imagination. I agree. Now, what is not beyond my wildest imagination is wondering, will the other podcasts like clickbait happy hour will the official bachelor nation podcast, let's say that it is in the show. Let's say that they use Mm -hmm. this as a plot point which I assume they'll they'll uh, crucify the person who is seen reading it. Will that mm-hmm. person then have to come on these podcasts? Will these podcasts be allowed to talk about it? Probably not. 
I think if they put it in the show, they will. You're right. If it's in the show, they have to. If it's not in the show, it will be completely ignored. They'll like demonize it. That's what I would guess. But this story is now out there as well. We're obviously talking about it right now. Reality Steve has reported on it. I don't know if there will be other reporting. Again, we don't know how it's going to affect the season, if it will be in the show or not. I wonder if Reality Steve reporting has affected the edit before, like making something more or less likely to make it in. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of what we're talking about here is just conjecture. We don't know. It's us like predicting (laughs) and stuff, but it's based on this real event that we believe is actual. You know, I would love to see are any of the fence play podcasts going to be discussing this in any way? Is Vial, is Bristow, is Aya Kennedy? I mean, they're they're all no spoilers, right? And like this could be characterized as a spoiler. Yeah, but I mean, I'm saying like once the season is over or if it does have some impact in the season, because I mean, I'll say this. I think they'll talk about it if it is in the show. I think everyone will have to if it's like a plot yeah. point. I mean, here's what, if you're a producer and you are aware of this happening, I don't know when in the season it occurs, I don't know any of the details about it, but let's just say for sake of argument, it occurs somewhere mid-season. A producer sees this. The producer immediately has to make a decision. Do we expose this information to the other players to Shawcross? Do we let any of them know? Because if so, then I feel like that player immediately is going to get a 4TWR attack or edit or whatever, you know? Well, who else? I'm assuming... I don't know who Reality Steve's sources are, but I assume it is someone from the show right? telling him this. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Either a player or producer. Right. I have no idea. But I'm just saying that the the producers had to make the call here probably pretty quickly about what how they're going to handle it in the edit. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. Are you going to bury it? Yes. Are you going to bury it or use it as a plot point? And I don't know what their call would be on that. I mean, I try to think about how producers, you know, approach this game and anything all the time. And I have no fucking idea because almost every decision they make seems uh, bad to me. (laughs) Here's my dream. (laughs) It does become a plot point. They see what a gem they have with this situation. And it it becomes such a source of scandal through the house Mm -hmm. that it can't be edited out of the show. Well, but I mean, anything can be edited out of the show. That's what I'm talking about. Like, they can disappear people. You know, I don't know how integral this player is. If it is something they cannot cut around. Or they put it in and it's an intentional. There's no reason they would put it in. I don't think they're going to put it in the show personally. But like you're saying, if it is really mired in what that situation is and they cannot cut around it, then we're into something very interesting. Yeah. That's my dream. Same. (laughs) But I mean, at the very least, I feel like it now is, it's going to be known in the player pool that this book exists in a way that maybe it didn't before. And I think at least with the players of season 27, they're all going to be aware of it. And so does it come out at the Women Tell All? Does somebody get accused? I don't know. I just don't know. But I got to say, like, I'm so ready to watch season 27 now in a way that I've never fucking been for any season prior to this. This is insane. We were already very excited. <laughs> yeah, already already very excited. And this is just, I mean, every episode I'm going to be watching, like, is this the fucking episode? Are we going to get to see How to Win the Bachelor in the fucking Bachelor? I'm just hoping we get to see everyone cover it. Grocery store, 
FTC title is some kind of manual. Yeah. Now, I don't know about what you're reading when you're in there, but you better be eating my sauces. <laughs> <laughs> he just turns it into a fucking advertisement for a sauce. That's a beautiful pivot. Yeah. <laughs> I heard somebody had a book or something in there, but they better have my sauces in the kitchen. They just open the kitchen covers. It's full of fucking Sundays with Joe. Yeah, I'm very curious what will happen with this. Will it just be us and Reality Steve reporting on it? Time will tell. Indeed, time will tell, but that's the state of the game. How to Win the Bachelor, a player is seen reading this book <laughs> in season 27. That's where we are now. I don't... I. Congratulations, Pace Case. We have glorified our beloved game. Unbelievable. <laughs> Congratulations. My first book I ever wrote is on TV. Well, maybe. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the state of the game. We're very excited about it. And now we are going to move into that portion of the program in which Pace Case and I discuss some non-Bachelor related materials. This is... What are you watching? What are you watching? I am watching... HBO's series adaptation of hit PlayStation game, The Last of Us. I talked about this last week, but it premiered this weekend. It had HBO's second biggest debut in 13 years behind House of the Dragon. And it had HOTD numbers on day two. Huge. Yeah. Uh, Everybody should go listen to HBO Lax podcast. That's L-A-X which is a podcast book club that I host with friend of the pod, friend of me and Chad, and director (laughs) extraordinaire, Catherine Dudas. (laughs) And give us five stars if you like it. We give out awards to... (laughs) We give out a most video game award, which I think you have some thoughts on. Mm, Yeah. Uh, Spoiler alert, I have also been watching this show, or I watched the pilot episode as well, so we can discuss it here. That's what I've been watching. Yeah, there's uh, a couple of shots in it, most notably to me. This is a spoiler alert if you have not seen this show. Skip ahead 10 minutes if you're going to watch Last of Us. Maybe we could do a mini HBO Lax with you and me right here about it. Oh, I love it. You come for Catherine's takes. <laughs> this wasn't the horniest moment, Catherine, you idiot. <laughs> I, there were no horny moments for me in the whole goddamn thing. Uh, terrifying moments, but... Um, Disagree. <laughs> I played the first The Last of Us video game, and there was one shot where uh, the main characters, when they're escaping their home in the beginning, when the, the event is like taking place, and they're in the pickup, and it's almost shot like first-person video game style. I was like, Jesus Christ, that looks like the fucking video game. That was my most video game moment. Yeah, it was mine too. It was very like Grand Theft Auto. I haven't played Last of Us. It's too scary, but I have played Grand Theft Auto, and it was similar vibe. Do you watch any other post-apocalyptic shows? Yes. All of them, pretty much. Which ones do you watch? Walking Dead, yeah. Station Eleven. Station Eleven, love. Okay. Uh, I watched Colony, which was really good. That was with um the blonde guy from Lost. Yes, I remember it now. Yes. It's about aliens who come down and put up walls in LA. Big walls. Did you ever watch The Dome? <laughs> oh, yeah. Under the Dome. Watched that. I read... I read The Road going into this, and I read um this one where this lady takes care of this cow. 
Mm. wasn't my favorite. Uh, anyway, it yeah. is post-apocalyptic. It is a little scary, but I loved it. I thought it was, it was everything I hoped for. And it seemed like people who played the video game were not disappointed, which is like something I love to see in something like this. Mm-hmm. Well, that video game too is very cinematic. Like maybe more so than any other video game I've ever played. It looks like mm-hmm. you're watching, like playing through a movie or a TV show. So I think the translation was very easy for them to do. But yes, production value insane. The acting is great. Everything is very good in it. And the pilot is good. It really leaves you like wanting to see the next episode fucking now. And unfortunately, you have to uh, wait one week for it. So everybody's jonesing. Yeah. And the first first episode was 80 minutes. And this one is 40 minutes. Apparently, they were going to do the first the first one as two. But then they were like, uh, maybe we don't end on him losing his daughter uh, and then picking up a child corpse. That was supposed to be the original ending. Yeah. They're like, that might be too depressing to come back. You want to see them go on their journey. Right. And so the next episode is only 40 minutes. They just chopped off 20 minutes of it to put it on the end of the first episode. No, they split the first. They made the first two episodes one episode. Oh, they were both like 40 minutes each. Okay. Understood. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I hope everybody else out there who's watched it is also looking forward to it because obviously it's the big Sunday night HBO show now. You got no other choice. Yeah. Come come listen to HBO Lax and also listen to Chad's other two podcasts, Necessary Conversation, in which he tries to heal his family through conversations about politics with his <laughs> Oklahoma Patriot parents and Dudesy. The first podcast produced by AI that he co-hosts with Mad TV's Will Sasso. Yeah. If you're listening to The Necessary Conversation, or if you're not... Oh, healing your fam? Yeah, trying to heal my family. In uh, the last episode, my father demanded reparations be paid to him. For what? Paying taxes all his life, basically. So that's Mm. fun. How do I Venmo him? (laughs) He doesn't have Venmo. He doesn't have any apps. He's an old man. Oh, (laughs) right. We're going to move on and we're going to do another segment. Wait, what are you watching? The Last of Us. Oh, you're just watching Last of Us. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I watched. Last of Us. Uh, But we are going to now do a segment that we haven't done at all in the bitter cold of the off season, but we are on the eve of a new season. So we must now tell you where all of the incoming players rank in their Instagram and TikTok charts. This is... This Week in... Games. Feels good to be doing a gains again. Yes, it does. We haven't done gains in a minute, but now we got some numbers so we can go into the season knowing exactly who are in the top five Instagram and TikTok. Who do we got in first place on Instagram clues? Uh, Well, number one on the Instagram chart, this is the gold medal in gains. There are no gains to be had, though. We, We must make that clear. These are not gains. This is just the starting positions. Victoria Jameson has 121,000 Instagram followers coming in as a true rookie. We've never seen anything like this. No, we've seen people with that number. What? Come in, but not her TikTok number. Who came in with a number that high? That girl. Okay, there was a girl named Lauren something on Pilot Pete season who had like... Shit, I don't remember that. I don't know. I swear she had 100K. Huh. Maybe it was... She didn't go very far, but Lauren Amanda Jones... She has 155K. I don't remember exactly what she was at, but hmm. but we haven't seen anyone with this TikTok number before. Yeah, we'll, and we'll get to that in the TikTok chart. Uh, next up in the Instagram is 
Christina Mandrell. This is one of the Mandrell sisters, I believe, nieces. She's coming to the game with 43,100. In third is Anastasia Karamidis at 21.7K. Fourth is Jessica Girod at 18.3K. And rounding out the top five is Sonia Sharma at 14.7K. So uh, these top numbers, Christina Mandrell and Victoria Jameson, those are pretty big. These are already influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, Victoria Jameson is a professional makeup artist. She seems to be making a living already off of her social media. Like Paisuke said, we're about to get into this TikTok chart, which is fucking mind-blowing. But that's where it stands. We've got 121K, 43K, 21K, 18K, and 14K. Those are your top five. I'm very curious to see if anybody is going to overtake Victoria Jameson in these first couple of weeks. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Um, And if she keeps gaining, I don't see anybody coming close to that i yeah that's true uh now for the top five tiktok chart in number one at victoria victoria jameson has 969.8 k and we've never seen anything like that 968,000. yes i think the top tiktok going in ever was katie thurston yes i agree and that was 60 something i think i think was that max i don't know I'm pretty sure it was 60-something. Okay. Um, But what do you think this means? That producers are willing to cast somebody like Victoria Jameson who has these kinds of social media numbers. Are they bringing her in to say, we don't care, influencer is fine, we accept that that's part of the game now? Or are they bringing her in to make a horrible example of her? I don't know. You know... Uh, Dark Secret Grace and Parks pointed out that they started tagging the Instagram handles from the Bachelor official Instagram account. They're tagging the women now. So to me, both of those signs are good signs. They mean like, okay, maybe they're accepting social media. Maybe they're trying to somewhat catch up to what the current era is. They're like, finally, we acknowledge Instagram exists 10 years too late. Maybe we should pump up the Instagrams of our players. Maybe we should want them all to be stars so that more people are talking about the show. Well, I mean, take take a fucking cue from uh, Dancing with the Stars. They cast Charlie D'Amelio. Guess who wins Dancing with the Stars? Charlie D'Amelio. Oh my God, we predicted that. Of, of course she was going to fucking win. She has millions, tens of millions of eyeballs on everything she does. You want her in till the final episode, don't you? Don't you want all those yeah. tens of millions of people to fucking be watching? Of course. So that's what the producers should be doing here as well, honestly. Uh, next up on the TikTok chart in the second place is Madison Johnson. She's got 101.2K, another juggernaut. That one was interesting to me because she's not up there on Instagram. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the the route we're going. I think you're going to see that mm-hmm. more and more. Uh, we're we definitely have way more TikTok accounts for the players than we've ever had. Usually there's a lot more NAs, but almost all of the players have TikToks. And even a couple we couldn't find, I feel like they just made them private for yeah. temporary. Uh, next up in third place, we have Christina Mandrell, 86.6K TikTok followers. And fourth place is Rebecca Becca Serrano, 52.6K. And rounding out the top five, Jessica Girard, 30.9K TikTok followers. These are the highest starting top five TikTok followers we've ever had. Yes. This this is the highest, I believe, 
cumulatively in both Instagram and TikTok, this is the most followers we've ever seen from a rookie crop. Yes, I think so. And for me, it does my heart good after coming off of a couple of seasons of our beloved game where dudes weren't even cracking 50K, where we just saw the the gains really grind to a halt. Um, you know, it took Gabby Windy, what, like a month of being on Dancing with the Stars after her season as Bachelorette to hit a million. Rachel Reckia never came close. She topped out somewhere in the mid 500Ks. So this is giving me some hope that we might see some players in the late season of 27 crack a million again. Yeah, me too. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but now let's move on. We've given ourselves these gains. It felt good to get back into that routine again. But now we're going to move on to give you all the tids that are fit to print. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues. Uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is, is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced, King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. Mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. 
um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they are both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, the great one is engaged. After more than two years of dating, Nick Vial proposed to his girlfriend, Natalie Joy, and she said yes. In quotes, for the rest of my life, it's you. The couple wrote via a joint Instagram post on Thursday, January 12th, alongside a carousel of images from their engagement shoot. This is the great one's second engagement. The first ring he put on a finger was a Neil Lane sparkler that he bequeathed to season 21 ring winner and zero G vomiter, Vanessa Grimaldi. And that sparkler was in another season, wasn't it? Was it? It was in the one where they had to do oh, their fake breakups. He hosted that group date at the the museum of broken relationships. Yeah. I, yep. I remember. <laughs> Viall and Joy famously first met when she slid into the Great One's DMs, a play that would find her quickly cementing herself in some of the highest profile events in the nation, as she befriended a slew of former and current players, including Victoria Fuller and Greg Grippo, the villain couple who captured the imaginations of the nation at the end of Bachelor in Paradise Season 8. While this new development seemingly ends our speculations and hopes that Joy would eventually make her way into our beloved game as a player, we are happy for the new couple and look very forward to seeing what kind of fetus play they will no doubt have in store in the coming years. Sorry for your lost clues. <laughs> Congrats. I don't consider it a loss. Any gain for the great one is a gain for me, not a loss. Congratulations mm -hmm. to the great one. Uh, sincerely, we hope that they live a very happy life together. And I am very excited for the fetus play. I think it's going to be yeah. next level. I can't wait. We're going to get Nick Vile dad content. Oh, my God. I never thought it would happen. Yeah, that's going to be very strange. Uh, it's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a new book coming out. Don't oh text your fetus happy birthday. Okay. <laughs> that's his next book. Yeah. <laughs> Don't text your fetus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. No, it'll be like... How to, how to make sure your fetus isn't another fuck boy. <laughs> how to keep... The spark alive when you got kids tugging at your trousers. <laughs> yep, that's a good one. I like that one. 
That'll be $50 if you want to use that one. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Speaking of engagements within the nation, all-star players Deanie Baby Zungler and Kaylin Miller-Keys celebrated their upcoming nuptials last week with an engagement party at the Studio City Retreat Estate in Studio City, California. Babies and Miller-Keys met in BIP Season 6 leaving sand together after Babies' stunning facial hair play that led to a leave-the-beach ultimatum. Keyes told People Magazine that she and Babies have already selected their wedding venue in Aspen, Colorado, and she's got her dresses, plural, picked out for the event. Babies and Keys also made it known that they decided to opt out of an official wedding party when the big day comes. Congrats go out to Babies and Miller Keys on getting a little closer to wedded bliss. Can't wait to see what will likely be a tidal wave of people-exclusive photos from the wedding set to take place later this year. Is he going to do another facial hair play? Well, I mean, that is really what we need to discuss here. Will babies be clean-shaven or will he have the mustache? Baby's mustache. Yeah, I don't know. Or full beard. Maybe like a thing we've never even seen. Or will she, instead of uh, when the officiant says you may now kiss the groom, kiss the bride... The efficient says, you may now shave the mustache. And yeah, Miller Keys shaves baby's upper lip. <laughs> Just something to think about. It'll be hashtag worth the wait where she gets to finally shave off his overgrown mustache. It's disgusting. Or what if babies has shaved expertly into his mustache the words worth the wait it's <gasps> on his upper lip and hair? Oh my God, revealing like a mustache tattoo. Yeah. Baby's keys, it just says. That'd be a good one too. We don't know, but congratulations to this all-star couple. <laughs> it has been a minute uh, that we've been waiting for them to get engaged and there was a mm-hmm. bunch of conjecture about that and babies wanted a truck and then he'd buy her a ring and all the stuff. We've covered mm-hmm. all this in past Bachelor Nation news. Are we going to get a baby van? <laughs> That'd be cute. They have a baby and it drives around its own little van. Yeah, sure, why not? Teach it how to drive. Um, Moving on. Speaking of events taking place later this year, this is big news. The first promo for a new Netflix show called Perfect Match was released this week, and it appears to be a direct shot fired at Bachelor in Paradise. Perfect Match steals the all-star format of BIP, but it casts its net much wider than pulling from just the dating pool of a single franchise. Perfect Match will feature standout players from all Netflix reality dating shows, including Love is Blind, The Ultimatum, Too Hot to Handle, The Circle, 20-somethings, Selling Tampa, Sexy Beasts, which was a terrible show, and The Mole. It's got people from all this shit coming together on a goddamn sand. Mind-blowing. And just like BIP, the players will be touching sand in what is described as a tropical paradise in the hopes of finding their ultimate match. But unlike Paradise, where Bachelor producers rule with an iron fist, Perfect Match gives power to the players. The official description of the show reads, As they compete to form relationships, the most compatible couples will play matchmaker, breaking up other couples and sending them on dates with brand new singles they'll invite to the villa. Will they create better matches? Or will they create chaos in this over-the-top journey of strategy and dating hosted by Nick Lachey? Only one couple will be crowned the perfect match. Sorry, Vanessa. Dark Lord Beal. Cut. Me? I don't know. She might still be in there. 
Or maybe she's just like, fuck it. I just want to do Love is Blind. Go make some money, DLNL. I don't know. I was disappointed by the ultimatum, but this at BIP for Netflix, incredible. It's gigantic. And again, this thing is interesting. Like, I, I don't know how exactly it's going to work, but the fact that there's like one couple will be named the perfect match and it seems like the couples have the power to fuck over other couples and like break couples up and send them on other dates and stuff this there's a game mechanic here that seems pretty interesting but here's the full cast we've got abby humphreys from 20 somethings and sophie petite frere from selling tampa i don't know all these names exactly bartice bowden from love is blind we just covered love is blind season three he was a major player in that season calvin crooks from the circle chase demore from too hot to handle Chloe Veach from Too Hot to Handle and The Circle, Colony Reeves from Selling Tampa, Damian Powers from Love is Blind, Diamond Jack from Love is Blind, Dom Gabriel from The Mole, Francesca Farago from Too Hot to Handle. And we'll get to something about her a little in the end here. Is that real? She has 5.7 million followers. Georgia Hasserati from Too Hot to Handle, Inez Tazi from The Circle France, Izzy Fairthorne from Too Hot to Handle, Joey Sasso from The Circle, uh, Carousel Snow from Sexy Beasts, the only player from Sexy Beasts. God, that show is bad. Lauren Elsie uh, Chamlin from Love is Blind. Mitchell Eason from The Circle. Nick Eulenhuth from The Circle. Savannah Palacio from The Circle. Shane Jansen from Love is Blind. Will Richardson from The Mole. And Zay Wilson from The Ultimatum. Francesca Farrago, who eclipses every Bachelor player's Instagram numbers at 5.7 million, is listed among the cast, though she has been publicly in a relationship with TikTok superstar Jesse Sullivan for some time now. So we don't know in what capacity she might actually be involved. But we are extremely excited to see what this show does for these players' parasocial numbers, as it is truly Netflix's first attempt to give players in its various games a second chance at screen time. I mean, they have done like Love is Blind singles, so like that has happened, but they've never combined the shows like this. Yes. And I think, I mean, I don't know what the show is going to be. You have all the information we now have. But uh, it seems like... <laughs> but we are good at conjecture. Well, it at least in the promo, it felt like it was more fun than Paradise. I didn't get the vibe that these players were being tortured and made to suffer indignities and it's a thousand degrees and you have to sleep in a buck bed. Fuck you. That didn't come across to me. It came across like, we're going <laughs> to send you on this fun vacation where you might have a chance to win some fucking weird thing. They look like they were having fun, which is something BIP hasn't had in a long time. So... I'm very curious to watch this. It drops on February 14th. I think they are going to drop four episodes that first week and then four in two successive weeks. I'm going to be watching them all. I may be doing a clues corner about these things. Ooh. We'll see. I feel like it can't be understated what a big deal this is in terms of competition with Bachelor because Bachelor in Paradise changed Bachelor Nation. Mm -hmm. Like you were going on the main game and you would all you could also end up in paradise so there was this incentive to like keep going and that you could stay on other shows and do it make it a longer career and that is what it's going to do for netflix and to me i'm like why would you go on bachelor to have a chance at bachelor in paradise when you could go on any of these netflix shows and be a standout and come back for what is the name of it perfect match perfect match yes yeah, not only do you have a larger pool that feeds into this show, but at least if these numbers are right, I don't know, again, if Francesca's playing in the game or not, but already you've got a player who has more than doubled Hannah Brown's numbers in this mm -hmm. game. And if this show gives any of these other players the ability to catapult to that level, this is where you have to be. 
at first when I saw the list, I was like, oh, it's just like minor characters. Mm-hmm. But then I saw Francesca. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> She's huge. Yeah. I would argue Bartise is not a minor character. No, no, Bartise is not e- not either. No, I, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure a lot of them are main characters. That girl Chloe, I definitely recognize. Yeah. Anyhow, that's what's going on over on Netflix. That is uh, again a shot fired at VIP. We'll see if the shot hits its mark. And finally, in Bachelor Nation news, we have some regrettable news in our relationship roundup. Season four's Bachelorette Deanna Pappas and her husband Michael Stagliano are separating. Pappas made the announcement via an Instagram main grid post in which she explained that she and her husband have been working hard on their relationship but have reached the conclusion they must end things as they remain loving parents to their two children. He was on season five of Bachelorette, Jillian Harris, and then one Bachelor pad and came back in, in season two and then came back for season three as well. So huge Bachelor couple. This post received well wishes from a host of superstars from within the nation, including Trista Rain Sutter, Ashley Hebert Rosenbaum, co-host of the most dramatic podcast ever, Lauren Zima, Andy Dorfman, Desiree Hartsock, Siegfried, Caitlin Bristow, Becca Kufrin, Bob Ginkin, Guinea, Ashley Stivey, Courtney Robertson, Preciado, and, well, both of these are Gore Girls. Courtney Robertson, Preciado, and Gore Girl, Annalise Puccini. Indeed. Sad news, but that is all the news that is fit to print. Now it's time to move on to that portion of our program in which we discuss all those plays our favorite players are making in the parasocial world. This is... The Parasocial Play, 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 Play of the Week. We are days away from the season 27 premiere, and the new crop of rookies are stepping up their parasocial games. Incoming season 27 rookie Jessica Gerard posted a TikTok montage of her getting cast on the show and her friends reacting. The TikTok has 8.6K likes, 128.2K views. Season 27 rookie Lekka Ravi jumped into the fray with an Instagram reel of her own. To the caption, all I hear when getting roasted for going on The Bachelor. To the audio, you're pretty, but a horrible person, etc., etc. And she responds, you think I'm pretty? The video has 5K views. Season 27 rookie Davia Esther documented her own journey from heartbreak to finding love again on TikTok. We discussed this video in our Instagram breakdown episode on Tuesday, but she starts off with some incredible selfie tear play, does affirmations. Then we see clips of her on the show thriving. The caption reads, the journey to love is always a wild ride. Let's see where it takes me on at The Bachelor to the audio, keeping your head up. The video has 17.9K views. Season 27's rookie Ariel Frankel knows how to properly jump on a current trend, which she did flawlessly in a short TikTok video in which the preteen from Stranger Things walks in front of a normal video of Frankel, snaps his fingers, and then appreciates the still image of Frankel's bachelor promo photo. I couldn't remember what the character's name was. He's the little boy with the long hair. <laughs> Season 27's perhaps untouchable TikTok champion, Victoria Jameson, a.k.a. at Victoria, took a page out of Susie Evans's playbook and filmed her dramatic windswept reaction to first seeing Zach Shawcross on The Bachelor to Taylor Swift's song Wildest Dreams. We know from previous parasocial plays that the pair are friends, and we love this beautiful homage to one of the parasocial greats, Susie Evans, 
who made her own windswept video reaction. Did Susie Evans coach at Victoria? Following the great tradition of Raven to Tia, Hannah Godwin, Hannah's Godwin to Sluss, etc. <laughs> <laughs> at Victoria's video has 199.9K views and 7.6K likes. But the rookies weren't the only ones stepping up their parasocial games in anticipation of the newest season. Game icon Corinne Olympios took the opportunity to reintroduce herself to the fourth audience on TikTok. She said, some of you asked where you know me from, and I'm here to remind you. She then plays a video of her entire Bachelor journey, complete with appearances on Kimmel and Ellen. It's a reminder of what a genius player she was, the absolute star of season 21, bar none except, of course, the goat. Uh, the caption reads, some would say I was there for the wrong reasons. Uh, Rose emoji, hashtag bachelor, hashtag naps. God, her naps. Hashtag cheese. God, her cheese. Hashtag pasta. God damn it, her pasta. Hashtag nanny. Her fucking nanny. She was so good. Hashtag cringe. Comment below if you want some reaction videos. Hashtag cringe. The video has 13.8K views. The video also reminded us that Olympios was only 23 when she stole the show as a rookie in season 21 so long ago, back in 2015, 2016. Incredible work from someone who could have easily gotten a too young to be serious edit, but made it all the way to hometowns. Ugh. I, I want a villain like Corinne again. I agree. Make the bachelor Corinne again. Remember those fucking hats? Yes. Speaking of taglines, you all should be a Katie. Katie Thurston, that is. She wore a pit sweatshirt on stage at an open mic for American Comedy Co. this week and wore it in an Instagram story advertising the new Your Mom and Dad podcast, which we were on for the third episode. And we were trying to guess people's jobs and home states via their ABC bio photos. God, I, I gotta say, I'm absolutely loving Katie Thurston becoming a stand-up. I think this is a brilliant fucking move. We've never really seen it at all, anything close to it in our beloved game. And I'm I'm just so fucking curious to see where this goes, where she can take it, how big she can get. I think as soon as she's released from her contract, it, there will be a podcast. And podcast and stand-up are like two... Yeah. They easily can be two conjoined jobs. Absolutely. Big things in store for Katie Thurston, no doubt. All of these were outstanding plays. However, there can be only one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to... <laughs> The Great One. Nick Vial and Natalie Joy's joint engagement video Instagram post. In the co-posting, Vial surprises a decked-out Joy with a candlelit movie screening. And not the Tom Hanks screening she thought. <laughs> that rascal. Nick Vial <laughs> plays a video in which he calls her chicken, produces tears, and says direct to ringlet camera, it's unreal to me. That you get to be the mother of my children. She produces tears. He comes down some stairs in real life on our screens and gives her a sparkler. They dance. They lick one another's tongues as you do when you get engaged. <laughs> she holds up the sparkler <laughs> like it's her middle finger. They attend an after party Aww. and give hugs to many friends, including, I believe, a ponytailed Elon Gale. The video is... Is that true? I don't know. You wrote this. I know. Did you watch the video? I didn't notice Elon Gale, but maybe it is oh. him. The video is highly produced. The caption reads, a glimpse into the best night of our lives. Here's to the beginning of forever. Movie camera emoji, colon, at Jason Landon Russ, which is the person who I guess shot this video. The post has 
hear me out here, 1.2 million views, 100K likes, and 1.1K comments. The initial post announcing the engagement with the caption, for the rest of my life, it's you, uh, with still shots, also got 259.4K likes and 4.1K comments. Huge parasocial power in this in this play. Congrats to the great one. Enjoy. I mean, the posts. The post, the engagement. Also the timing. The timing right before bachelor season. It's tearing fairy tales to shreds. It's creating fairy tales. Maybe it's tearing some fairy tales to shreds. It's creating new ones. It's tearing your 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 dreams of joy and game to shreds, but it's creating new dreams. Still got those dreams. Still got those <laughs> dreams. An engagement okay. ain't a wedding, and a wedding ain't a marriage, and what? a marriage ain't necessarily forever. I'm going to be thinking she's going to get into the game until either I'm dead or she is. Okay? Look, I now, love that you just, you're loyal to your ideas. I gotta be. What else do I got in this planet? This rock hurtling through space toward an unknown destination if there is one at all. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. My little ideas. And I will just say this about mm-hmm. the timing of this. This timing couple days before the new season of Badger 27 comes out, it shows reverence for the game. He's still got that. He's not going to try to overshadow Zach Shawcross. He's going to try to help him out, boost up interest in Bachelor Nation right before. You think this timing is trying to help Zach Shawcross and not yes. buy Al Joy? Yes. I think he loves the beloved game so much. I don't think it's... D- <laughs> that he's trying to help it by doing this. Okay, now, now I think you've gone too far. He's trying to help Zach Shawcross with this. No, he is not. Now I've gone too far. Phantom Night One wasn't too far for you. He is trying to <laughs> overshadow Zach Shawcross. This is days before. He's not though, because he could have he could have done this on Monday. He could have done it this weekend, and all this news would be coming out on sure. Monday. He didn't do that. He did it the week before. Reference. That's all I'm saying. No, but he he gets to go into this with his podcast and gets to talk about the engagement with all of the biggest names from Bachelor Nation coming out of it. I totally think this is, I mean, not to be a bad thing. We would do this try kind of timing with something like this if we were. If we had something to time. You know, you want to do things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we had something, you know, like a, well, we may be doing a book signing. We may be doing another official book signing in Los Angeles. We're trying to put it together. It will be happening probably in the next month or two if it is going to happen. So uh, if you're out in LA or you have cause to be in LA over the next couple of months, we'll obviously be putting the address and where it's going to happen and all that. But we wanted to do something to commemorate our... Um, our One year anniversary of being banned from the Grove. Yeah, the, the <laughs> end of the ban, basically. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both 
rosé and white wine, mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. <laughs> Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's fiber skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things, <laughs> and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save terms and conditions apply uh by the way also unfortunately i am obsessed with natalie joy's dress in this engagement i gotta have it oh it's gorgeous i'm sure it's available i'm sure it's spawn click the link baby now <laughs> 
Let's move on to the parasocial play that our non-humans were making this week. Uh, Ashley Iaconetti had a cute update on her pup Lois. Fantastic. Highly recommend going to check out that post. However, DOP showed up this week with his creature. In an Instagram story, he's cradling his pup Lulu like a tiny baby as he attempts to entice men into applying for the upcoming Bachelorette Season 20. Lulu here, though, steals the show with luscious curls and a parasocial gaze that gives aloof coolness. Will it get anyone to apply for the show? Probably not. But this video and Lulu got us to award it with the Parasocial Creature of the Week. Congratulations, DLP. Congratulations, Lulu. Are you kidding me? Will it get anyone to apply? I would much rather apply to this show based off of this cute video of DLP and Lulu than than just a casting card, faceless casting card with no... DLP, no creature. Are you a guy who cradles a pup like a <laughs> baby and makes Instagram videos about trying to get people to apply for The Bachelor? Go to abc.com and apply for The Bachelor. Do you think those will change? The casting cards will be less roasting this year? We'll see. Like we said, DLP has come out and said this is like a throwback season. It's more about the love story than the drama. Let's see. Let's see what they're going to do. You know that the promo? That makes me think the book is not in the show. <laughs> I mean, it does me too. I Look, we don't know. We don't know how the book's going to be presented or if it's going to be presented at all. I tend to think not. But guess what? This happened. That book got in the fucking show. And that is the truth now. That's the world we're living in. The glorification of our beloved game. Uh, you know, will, the, will it be the glorification of the official document? I don't know. Probably not. We'll find out. At any rate. It is now time for us to move on to the final portion of our program today, in which Pace Case and I descend deep into the bottom of the pit, where we will issue forth our screams about how our fandom of this show, how our interaction with this show, how the glorification of not only the show, but of us, has drastically affected our lives. This is Screams from the Pit! My scream this week has to do with HBO's new hit show, The Last of Us. As you know, I have started a second podcast in which I break down the show. And in the episode, this is not a spoiler, but the lead, one of the lead characters produced Tears. And that is how I described it on our podcast. And it just came out of me without thinking. And I realized that I'm now thinking of acting performances, including tear play. The Bachelor has altered my brain. I wasn't even thinking about yeah. this. My language is just permanently altered. Like I have to actively think in order to retranslate it back into how a normal person would would say something. Like, oh, this character cries here. Yeah, crying is no longer part of my vocabulary. I feel the exact same no. way. I've seen a few people crying in real life. Just like on the street and shit, not people that I know or anything. Humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> just like in their cars outside of a Starbucks or whatever. And immediately I'm like, oh, tear play. You didn't cause it. Uh, not to my knowledge. Could have been indirect causation. I don't know. We're all causing each other to cry constantly. I've cried in public before and wondered what, what people think. <laughs> yeah. I've never cried in public. But yeah, I hear what you're saying with that. And I feel similarly. Movies. Oh, my God all the time sobbing. I think that's a great scream. I like that my mm. 
vocabulary has been changed and how I see the world has been changed that I now have on my pit lenses 24-7 because they helped me with my scream this week. Uh, oh, no. Oh, yes. Weird voice. Oh, yes. I was able to do something this week that I haven't done in quite a long time. A cold drag. Usually, <laughs> when you drag somebody what? into the pit, they're already kind of like watching The Bachelor. They know what The Bachelor is. They've seen an episode or two. And that's just all you need to do really is just like give them a nudge. That's maybe not even a drag. It's more of a push. But since we reside in the pit, it's always a drag. You can't push somebody into the pit if you're outside the pit. We're never outside the pit. So this was a cold <laughs> okay. drag that I performed. Mm -hmm. If you're listening, Jonathan, thank you for the conversation. <laughs> and thank you for the opportunity to do a cold drag. <laughs> My car has not been working properly. I've had to have some repairs on it. So I've been taking Ubers around mm -hmm. for the past couple of days. And Jonathan was my Uber driver uh, on a 45-minute ride one evening this past week. And I got into the car. And as I do with every stranger that I encounter, I said, are you excited for Monday's Bachelor Season 27 premiere? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, no, not really. He said no. Yeah, he said no. He doesn't watch reality TV much, he said. And he said he had a bunch of friends, basically, who uh, have viewing parties, but he never goes. And so I proceeded to tell him, well, maybe you should go this season. And maybe you should go and blow their minds. And he was like, what? And I began to tell the story of how we formed Game of Roses. I began to tell the story of how I'm coaching players to infiltrate the game. I began to tell the story of how we wrote the book that now someone has uh, read <laughs> in-game. And I told him all of this. I presented it like a sport. I presented it as a game that these players are playing and that if you watch the show as a game, you will like it even more. It is not a stupid piece of frivolous reality, guilty pleasure television. It is much more. And by the end of this ride, Jonathan was mm. kind enough to subscribe to this very podcast. Jonathan was kind <laughs> enough to say that he will start watching the season. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. And I got out of the car feeling renewed. I haven't done a cold drag in a long, long time. And uh, mm -hmm. it felt very good to know that I still had the power. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jonathan, if you are listening, thank you for subscribing. And two things. I will say, how funny is it if it, at this person's watch party, they're like, dude, Jonathan said he's finally going to come. And then Jonathan shows up and he's like, here's what you all don't even fucking know about the bachelor, you plebs. <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck happened to Jonathan? Uber's changed him. Jesus, Jonathan. <laughs> Yeah, Jonathan's wearing like Game of Roses hat. He's got on the sweatshirt. He's has the tote inside the tote. He's carrying a bunch of Game of Roses, uh, the Christmas ornaments with Dark Lord Palmer's weird demonic eyes, and he's just putting them randomly through his friend's home. No, the other the other thing I will say is that watching The Bachelor with your friends, even if you don't get that deep into it, it's a beautiful thing because you're communing with people. Human relationships are always shown to be one of the best predictors for human happiness. So your watch group is benefiting your life in a lot of different ways, entertainment and connection. And if your watch group is in the pit, I, I would say this about it. I know that we have fun on this program. We like to uh -huh. laugh, but yeah. there is something uh -oh. I think that is like a valuable skill that comes from being in the pit which is the ability mm -hmm. to look at media very critically and to understand yeah. more about 
how it's being made and why it's being presented than just what the the surface kind of face value of it is. Because as we're moving into this new media era where we've got AI and deep fake and all kinds of shit being made constantly thrown at your face, it's always very important to ask yourself with every frame of this shit, of whatever you're watching, why am I seeing this? What does the person making this want me to feel and why? That is like critical to always kind of have that at least in the back of your mind because... Uh, you know, a lot of times it ain't very good, those answers, why they want you to watch this or what they're trying to convey. It's going to be even more important in our new, you know, the new media literacy challenges that are soon to come to us within three to five years. They're here now. I, I've been reading all kinds of shit about people getting sued for copyright. There was an artist who got sued for this uh, art gallery, tried to make the artist claim uh, authorship of this piece of art and they were like no I'm not going to do that so that they could have the value of the art driven up They and then he sued the art gallery and he won actually there's all kinds of weird shit going on right now I'm just saying look at everything that you're watching very critically mm -hmm. that being said we are now going to play a scream from someone in the pit if you want to submit your screams to our lovely program you just go to patreon.com slash game of roses you're going to get access to our discord and in that discord there is a channel where you can submit your screams this scream comes to us from devond and it comes with a video i'm not exactly sure how we do this but i'm going to watch the video then i'm going to listen to the scream and we're going to see what this is all about here we go hi pit i'm devon and i'm jules longtime listeners first time callers so last month, 10 of our friends took a trip to Luxury Villa on a private beach in Tulum, Mexico. And months before we left, Jules and I decided that this was the perfect opportunity to film our very own Bachelor in Paradise intros. Although none of our other friends actually watch any Bachelor series, we encouraged... Forced. ...them to participate. And thus, our joint scream is that we used a liberal amount of time on vacation to film and produce our very own BIP intro, which we have included with our scream for your viewing pleasure. And P.S. If you want to evaluate our parasocial powers, our Instagram handles are at Devin D underscore underscore Devin spelled with an O. <laughs> and at Jules McCoy, Jules spelled like the jewel piece of jewelry, J-E-W-E-L-S. Praise be Dark Praise Lord. Be Dark Lord. Or Lord or of the Light. Lord of the Light. Palmer. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. We have just watched the video uh, that corresponded with this scream. What is happening to the screams? I can't handle them anymore. This is unreal. Um, absolutely unreal. Devin and Jules. We cannot thank you enough for this scream and for the accompanying video. My mind is blown. I don't know what to say. Hopefully this video will be posted on our, our Game of Roses mm -hmm. account somewhere. They, they should absolutely put this on TikTok if it's not already there. Please put it on TikTok. Please tag us in it and everything. The video is, as they said in their scream, a recreation of the Bachelor in Paradise intro packages with uh, each of their 10 friends here. I wrote down some names. I couldn't get them all because the video was going too fast. Jeremy, Shauna, Andrew, Ben, Anna. There's a an iguana named Oscar who pops up in the end. Danielle, James, Shana, uh, Jeremy, and of course, Devin and Jules are in it. This is unfucking real. The production quality is too good. It's it it makes the scream a 
like a level three scream, I think, because I'm like, you cannot get something that looks this good without putting a lot of time into it. And did I hear this correctly? Is this the place where they shoot BIP? Or was this just some other tropical location? I thought it was in Tulum. I don't know. That part I, I missed. My apologies, but unreal. I, I just still, I can't get over this. Loved the devil worship intro. And also the knitting. I was like, the knitting is a really good idea. These were all fantastic. Someone should do that on sand. These were all fantastic. All of them are funny. They're at least on par with what you see on BIP. All of the little character intros, right? Font, it just expertly, expertly done. And the fact that you carved so much time out of your vacation to make this, that's a deep scream. That's a very deep scream. So thank you for that. We savor your suffering. Um, two other things I loved in the scream... Dropping the Instagram handles. Love that. Yep. I, I don't know if we've ever had people do that. I don't think we have. The other thing, love the nickname for DLP, Lord of the Light. <laughs> Didn't like that as much. Praise be Light Lord Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Devin and Jules, for doing this again. Um, obviously, with your permission, if, if Dark Seeker has acquired that, we'll be putting this out on our social medias, this video. It's fucking insane. Thank you. It's so good. I've seen I've seen this type of video attempted before. Never, never anywhere near this quality. Absolutely agree. And uh, this is just a fantastic way to kick off Bachelor Season 27. Can't wait to see you. We'll be having our first recap coming out on Tuesday. But before that, we're going to have a very important Digging Deeper coming out on Monday on our Patreon. It's going to have the first clips from Dark Lord uh, Harrison's new podcast, the most dramatic podcast ever, as well as probably Rachel Lindsay's reaction to it, I would imagine, is going to be in there. And a whole host of other things. We're going to have uh, Clickbait, which has now changed their logo. We didn't mention that, but their the logo for the podcast, it's now no one is in it. It just says Clickbait. There's no human being in the logo. They're just going to have no hosts. It's just chaos. <laughs> it's an AI grocery store. Hello, I am Grocery Store. I will be telling you everything. That's my best AI grocery store. Joe, thank you. Um, but no, we don't know what's going to happen there. We'll be playing clips from it. Again, join us on Monday for our Digging Deeper and our live show, which you can also access on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Game Roses. We will have our first live show before Zach Shawcross's season Monday at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. I believe that's 7.30 East Coast. And God, I can't wait for so many reasons now. I just... This is the craziest season so far for Gore. Opto 2023 is working out so far. Uh, but thanks again, everyone, for joining us. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,606 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be late Lord Palmer. Please. Rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then.